Are you happy in your business? Now, I have had my share of emotional ups and downs in my 20 years of being a solo entrepreneur coach. And the patterns I've seen in myself and in my clients is that those downs are usually when I was personally feeling unfulfilled. Sometimes it was because a launch that flopped and sometimes it was just life and had nothing to do with business. But those ups, oh boy, those are the times when I was feeling my most authentic and completely aligned to my purpose or when I just felt like I was rocking that work-life balance. I would be thinking, I could do this all day long and never feel tired. One of my loves is sharing what works for me and what has been working for my clients to achieve this very feeling, full of passion, happiness, peace, and freedom. So I decided to create a private podcast for coaches. Maybe you just want to develop better communication skills that boosts engagement, leads to better results, and makes you feel like you're actually making a difference in the lives of the people you serve. Then you're invited too. We talk about this and more in the UBU private podcast for coaches. Whether you're a mentor, a parent, or run a client-focused business, coaching skills benefit everyone and anyone who wants to communicate in a way that builds relationships. Fall in love with your life and business again. Click the link in the show notes for your invitation to join us right now. Then come back and enjoy this episode. Hey, Difference Maker. We are back with another episode about the things you need to know about your client's personality to connect with them better through your coaching, through your teaching, or your creative services. And so far, we've covered Enneagrams 1, 2, and 3, and how to understand their nature and their nurture and being able to connect with them in a very authentic way that makes them feel special and makes them feel appreciated for their individuality. And it's that kind of rapport that you want to create in your business relationships. Now, even if you believe that you don't need to listen to the types one, two, or three episodes, be sure to listen to them because I do reference the other types when I'm comparing and contrasting and explaining why your client could also be a pseudotype. So today I'm talking about the Enneagram type four the nature, the nurture, and acknowledgement languages. And if you've read my book, you know that the nine acknowledgement languages speaks to the nature of the Enneagram types. And this is the foundation of the art of asking questions in the UBU coach certification program. If you haven't read it, go check out the book at powercoachgen.com. Now, if you have a client that you think might be an Enneagram type four, or you would like to attract type fours with your marketing, then stick around after the intro. Stop comparing yourself to others and plug in to what is uniquely you. Welcome to Unbox Your Personality, the podcast for coaches, creatives, and educators like you who understand that your happiness makes you more effective in what you do, bringing out the best in others. I'm Jim P. Higgins, personality strategist and Enneagram fluff remover. Get laser focused on who you are and who you aren't, so you're free to make the impact you were born to make. And... Have fun doing it. Your personality is your business. So let's get down to business. Remember when I used to believe I was a type four? 
It wasn't until after I became certified in the Enneagram that I even recognized that I was actually a pseudo four. So just because your client is behaving like a type four does not mean they are actually a type four. I explained this a little bit better in episode 13, which is about the type one, why this difference is important for you to be aware of. As a coach, teacher, or service-based provider, your job is to ask questions. This is the number one coaching skill that I believe everybody should have. Now, I had a boot camp student tell me that she wasn't ready for my Enneagram Mastery course yet or the coach certification program because she isn't a coach yet. So that made me want to come on here and make a very clear distinction between the word coach, the title, and coach, the skill. Now, my courses are about developing the skill to effectively coach someone through their problem, whether that is coaching your four-year-old on how to tie a shoe or coaching your teenager as she's applying for colleges or coaching your spouse on how to load the dishwasher, (laughs) coaching a customer on which vacation package is best for them or how to study for an exam for the LSAT, coaching a client on their social media marketing plan. Coaching is a skill. It's not a title. If a part of your job description is to help other people solve their problems, you need to know how to coach. Because if you aren't careful, you can come across as overbearing, like a know-it-all, pushy, or salesy. Now, the Enneagram is the foundation of our build-your-own-brand coach certification program at UBU. And I love this because it speaks to the heart of what keeps you in business, being rooted in your core and building solid business relationships. Customers want to buy from you, but they don't want to be sold by you. So if you want to be successful in business, you've got to learn to ask the right questions. This is the primary skill of an extraordinary business owner, no matter what field you're in, and no matter if you have a coach title or not. And most importantly, it allows you to be you and them to be them. Now, if you know your client's Enneagram type, you can tailor your questions to what it is that they care about. But if you don't know for sure which type they are, I've got a whole list of questions that can help you get started to building that rapport and possibly even helping you narrow down what type they might be. I promise I'll share more about that later on. Now, let's talk about the Enneagram type four. Now, remember, Enneagrams are based on motivations and not behaviors. Are you tired of me saying that yet? (laughs) And just like I did for the previous episodes, I'm going to break that down into two categories, their surface motivations and their core motivations. The surface motivation of the type four is to be their own person. They don't want to be a blind follower. They don't want to be sheep. When it comes to who they believe that they are as a person, they like a little bit of mystery. They like some unpredictability and and maybe even some shock value. They are not one for trends. In fact, they might even intentionally redirect themselves away from what's in just to be different. They tend to express their individuality indirectly through their style, like their clothes or their hair, their art, their music, their decor, those kinds of things. 
And sometimes because of that, type fours are labeled the artist. But that is really misleading. You don't have to be an artist to be a type four. And if you are a type four, that does not necessarily mean you have artistic skills. <laughs> but Risa and Hudson call them the individualists. And I feel like that's more accurate. But that is still a surface motivation because any type can be motivated by being their own unique individual. That was one of the reasons why I was a pseudo four because I'm like, no, I'm different. I'm unique. I like the challenge of doing things differently. That's not the same motivation as a type four. So what is it that makes type fours so special? It's their core motivations and their stress patterns, which hardwired them to constantly prove that they are different. I might like the challenge of proving that I'm different because I want that experience, because I think it'll be fun. If I don't think it is fun, then it's not worth my time. But for a type four, they are hardwired to constantly prove that they are different. Sometimes it can be dramatic in order to get noticed. And some of the things they want to make sure that they are proving is they want to make sure that others know that they're not copying anyone, that they are being original and that they are being authentic. And they even support efforts to return things to their original state, like photography restoration or furniture restoration, cleaning up the environment, using natural deodorants, because, you know, perspiration is, is a normal, natural, original design thing. So why would you want to anti that? Why would you want to anti-perspire? This Fear of not being an original is a fixation that pervades every area of their life. Now, maybe you like a little drama, enjoy a French tragedy or two, or maybe you go through great lengths to prove your authenticity or prove your originality. That doesn't make you an automatic type four. Now, when you look at the nine acknowledgement languages for the type four, You'll notice that they feel all the feels, but they suppress them. And sometimes that can get out of control and appear dramatic to those of us looking in from the outside. But the type fours, they're idealists and they're romantics. And if you think about it, this increases the number of times that they feel rejection in any given day compared to a non-type four. <laughs> this is why they are known to be melancholic why they're known to be dramatic. They're not necessarily depressed. No, they can't be depressed, but they are not necessarily depressed. But other types that are depressed might identify with some of the type four behaviors, but they're not actually a type four. Now, when you can recognize this in your clients, then the nine acknowledgement languages guide you on what questions that you should ask that helps them feel validated, helps empower them to know what action is going to ground them, that's going to help them make progress without losing their voice, without losing their uniqueness or their individuality. So as you coach them, you want to make sure you give them that safe place to share their shame, share the shame and that fear of not being true to themselves and help them find their whimsy within boundaries. Now let's talk about the nurtured type four. This is when your client behaves like a type four, but they're actually not a type four. I have a lot of experience with this because I actually thought I was a type four for several months before I got certified. 
And I'm a type seven, so I'm not directly connected to a type four on the Enneagram symbol. I can get to that a little bit later, but let's start with those types that are connected to the type four on the symbol. Because any type like a type three, type five, a type one, and a type two. So those types that are directly connected to a type four on the symbol are going to naturally resonate with some of those behaviors that are associated with the type four. So for example, a type three with a wing four is going to be competitive, but they're still going to have that originality of the type four. And a type five with a wing four is going to be a little bit more in touch with their emotions. So they're going to be less detached. They're still going to be logical about it, but they're able to access those emotions a little bit easier than the other type fives. And they're also able to tolerate intrusions a little bit easier because they've let down their guard on some of those boundaries. For a type one that is in a stressful moment, a lot of times what type ones will do is they'll build up their frustrations and their resentments until they explode that rolling boil I was talking about in the type one episode and maybe what that results in is creating a scene a lot of drama and later on they're really ashamed of that because drama is not perfect <laughs> and then for a type two this is where type twos will integrate in a secure moment with the type four and they'll become more self-focused and actually start taking better care of themselves. Now, other ways that your clients might be a nurture type four is if their styles or their habits were developed because they were influenced by someone that had type four behaviors. And it might be a trauma response to them being told that they weren't special or they got the message that people don't like ordinary people. People don't like mundane conversations. You've got to wow me first. Wow me and then I'll pay attention to you. So sometimes nurture type fours might get this message and overcompensate to cope with that kind of trauma. Now getting to kind of why I believe that I was a pseudo type four at one time was because I was going through a depression and also I am an empath. And so sometimes empaths struggle with emotional boundaries. And a lot of times that can manifest into some of the stereotypical type four behaviors. But the difference is, is that my core motivations and my default stress patterns are not the same as a type four. So when I thought I was a type four, I could not grow because I was on a type four's growth path instead of a type seven's growth path. So remember, the growth path for a true four is different than all the other types that are just behaving like a type four. Now, when it comes to messaging in your business, you can tweak your copy in order to attract type fours if you know that type four is your ideal client. Use a type four language that reflect their motivations as well, like goodbye generic or three tips for creating a custom website that screams read me or something about like using ethically sourced materials. Those are some things that might attract a type four, either a true type four or a pseudo type four. Again, if you have any questions about this or you want specific examples of how to use this for your specific business, 
go post it in the Unbox Your Personality Facebook group. That link is in the show notes. Now, always remember the type four acknowledgement languages are going to guide you on how to coach a type four, because sometimes they're a little mysterious and we don't always understand the type four and they like it that way. But if you want to really get them the way they really want to be gotten, the nine acknowledgement languages is going to help you get there. Remember, no matter what type your client is, they are stuck inside of the box. That is why they are coming to you because your job is to show them that ladder to get out of the box, to help them find healthy boundaries that's gonna help them move forward. Otherwise, they're just gonna keep finding themselves disconnected from themselves. And for a type four, that is stressful. And we wanna kick that chronic stress to the curb because it's what keeps us in our boxes, no matter what type we are. When you can alleviate your client's stress by helping them feel seen and helping them feel heard and truly and genuinely understood, they will start unboxing themselves and unleashing their power. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Unbox Your Personality podcast. To learn more about yourself, go to powercoachgen.com. Find out how you are different so you can make your difference.